I'm just a boy from Kansas out to save the world from chronic disease. And I truly mean that. Nobody is in control of your health but you. I can't heal you. Your doctor can't heal you. You have to heal you. And it's all about having the education empowerment to know what you need to be changing within yourself, within your life, to set your soul free and accomplish that best life that we all like to talk about. And I truly believe that the greatest medicine of all is to teach people how not to need it. I'm Brendan Vermeyer, the original Holistic Savage. Welcome to the Holistic Savage podcast. I okay. We're recording it. So it's always funny. It's like hit record and then you get all like, oh my gosh, now it's time to perform. But now, so <laughs> another episode of the Holistic Savage podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Brendan Vermeyer, the original Holistic Savage. So on this podcast, you know, I like to be super... Um, just authentic and like let's just talk and be people so the podcast for the most part I haven't told you this yet but we're really kind of about all things uh, functional medicine functional fitness functional spirituality and functional psychology uh, as those are kind of like my little hashtags because I think that really embodies kind of uh, the, the way of the holistic savage and then real quick for everybody that might be watching this I got this fancy new banner yeah yeah, it's nice, doesn't it? A little hashtag. Anyways, I just show that off before we get rolling. But I'm so excited. Christy Marsh Wellness, or, you know, I'm saying wellness as if it's your last name, but Christy Marsh, welcome to the Holistic Savage Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and honored. Thanks so much. I'm I'm super excited. So, whoo, man, this is going to be intense. I feel it. Um <laughs> so I always like to kind of kickstart the conversation by sort of like telling whoever the hell is listening how I know my guests. So like with you, um, and this is funny, I've never really told you this experience, but basically, you know, Instagram, right? You know, it's, it's a great way to project your innermost truths out there and your vibe attracts your tribe, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we found each other. I found you. And I'm just like, who is this majestic, magical woman here that's, you know, putting crystals on people and, and jewels? It, it's just like the most magical aura that you give. So I'm like, who, you know, who is this? And kind of slid into the DMs, right? And so we've got it a little bit. But I really, I don't really know you. I, I know my experience of myself through you, you know, through the projection of, of your social media. But more than anything, you know, I saw you and I was just like, this is somebody that I've got to meet. I've got to get to know. And it's like, well, shoot, while I'm at it, why not share that with, you know, the audience? Because I think, I, I think from what I've seen, you've got a lot of magic to share with the world, a lot of light and love. And that's really what I want to highlight today. So that's my intro. But I'd love to hear you like, who are you? You're like a Reiki practitioner and list, like, tell us who is Christy Marsh Wellness, you know? Oh my goodness. How do I even answer that? Well, thank you, by the way, because I feel very mutual as far as, you know, just all the stuff you're putting out there, the message, the integrity, I can certainly feel your authenticity and I'm all about that. So thank you so much for yeah. doing that. Because um, I definitely do feel a tribe um, member in you and just feel so good. Even though it's like you said, done through Instagram or social media, you can still feel it. I mean, the energy is palpable, you know, even through that, this, this venue, it's still Still very palpable. Uh, so who am I? What do I do? Well, I, I, I feel that 
I have like a toolbox of different things, right? So it just kind of yeah. depends on what's needed that day with each person. But my background is I'm a holistic health practitioner. So I've got, you know, I think in order to be an HHP, as we call it for short, you have to have at least a thousand hours of holistic studies. I went like 1700 hours because I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Down on all of it. And then a clinical nutritionist as well. So more on the holistic side. And then my real passion is really, which you'll see a lot of my posts on, um, is the Reiki part of things. Mm -hmm. So you spoke about magic. It's kind of like the magical side of, um, of it all. Like it kind of, blends yeah. it together, brings it together. I think it's uh, the glue because it also works on the spiritual body. So I think we know in the holistic world that you can't just deal with one aspect. You know, you have mm -hmm. to deal with, you have to look at the whole person. So right. it's not just looking at the physical, but it's also the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. And so when you kind of hit all those levels, things change. And mm -hmm. almost like mystically or magically, I can't say overnight, but for some people sure. it is. I mean, it's really fast. So for me, that was the passionate part of it for me was like whoa you can look at the whole body and it can be fun doesn't have to be torturous yeah. doesn't like i think you know we see things a lot from the western side of medical world which sometimes means cutting things out or adding mm -hmm. medications or kind of maybe shrinking the body in some ways i think what i loved about holistic is that it can be enjoyable it's fun you learn a lot and you know about your body at the end of the day you get to learn like how this body works and the connection to your higher self with it so it's very empowering that's mm -hmm. what i like yeah so, <laughs> there's a long answer to question but yeah <laughs> oh, no believe me. here's here's the thing you know that's where you know i was i was on a podcast that uh somebody else is like a 15 minute matrix kind of thing i think it'll air soon and, you know, where is that podcast? 15 minutes and very, like, very specific questions kind of build a structured, you know, thing, which is great, super impressive. But now I kind of like the, the more just long, like, let's just talk, let's get yeah. into it. Um, I love it. So you can, you know, don't ever worry about being wordy on this podcast because I am the king of being long-winded and I love to just, uh, you know, that's, that's how you really can get the essence of something. But I love everything you're saying and totally, um, you know, there's, there's a reason why we're here today. There's a reason why I, you know, had to drag you onto the podcast is uh, I, I could tell that. And I think you do a really good job, um, you know, projecting your, your authentic truths and everything so that you can reach people. Um, you know, the social media thing, like, yeah, social media, uh, we're all glued to our phones, blah, blah, blah. We could talk about that all day. But, you know, it's a tool, and it's all in how you use that tool. So, you know, if you've got um, amazing people like yourself projecting good energy out there and people can, you know, uh, resonate with it and move towards that, you know, I almost, in a way, kind of <laughs> either justify my ego with it or, <laughs> you know, uh, like to believe it that way. But I almost kind of see it as like a responsibility of, you know, sharing the light and love that we all inherently have um, and projecting it out into the world. Like the point of light and love isn't to, you know, keep it into yourself and bottle it up and, you know, stay emotionally unavailable. I think we should all share it with the world. And I just look at the internet and social media as a, as a platform for that, you know? Yeah, I agree fully. 
Wholeheartedly. I think it could be anything you want it to be, right? So if you want it to be, if you want it to just be on a surface level, you can do that. And I don't hold judgment on that either. But I think you also, like you said, it creates a platform where you can definitely speak your truth and get love out there and have people feel that when they read your posts. And I think that's magical too, because you can do it, you know, from your home and your rope, like, Totally. Hey, I'm going to go spread some love out here yeah. <laughs> you know, as yeah. you make the post. I think that's pretty phenomenal. Totally. Have that yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I was, man, one of my favorite like little quotes, I think it's, um, you know, I, I am responsible for what I say, but I'm not responsible for what you hear kind of thing. Um, Cause obviously we're all, you know, all these input signals and then our, our kind of ego force field sort of, filters that and kind of refracts that, you know, energy beam. And so however they perceive that is more of a reflection of whatever is going on in them spiritually and psychologically. Um, but so holistic health, your holistic health practitioner, clinical nutritionist, that's where um, I think we're so similar. Like I think ultimately what we're both trying to do uh, is almost identical on like a theoretical. So But here's what I love about the holistic health field is the whole holistic nature is is to recognize the necessity for, you know, everything uh, and and the total system. And, you know, so when we're talking about being a holistic health practitioner and helping humans better their quality of life and health with a holistic manner, well, gosh, there's a lot of things that that could be. And so I love how, okay, we're both nutrition, you're, you know, clinical nutrition, I've got all the stuff that I do, but ultimately what are like our main things, you know, so whereas I, like I run lab tests and write protocols and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then you with the, the more what I would kind of look at as like energetic medicine, would you describe Reiki as energetic medicine in a way? Yeah, definitely. So it's looking at it through the eyes of, you know, if I can just speak more esoterically, which I think I can be with you. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you're looking through more of the eyes of the aura. So you're being able to see that person's aura, their energy field. Um, and so you're not just looking at the physical. So we are working with, and I work more with energy medicine than probably anything else I do. I'd say 90% of my clientele base come for Reiki. Yeah. And so it's, it's, yes, I do use the holistic avenue, of course, and I do have the nutrition background. But like you said, my focus has been more on the energetic side of things because I see, well, two reasons. I see a lot of shifts happen afterwards. And secondly, it's, I'm passionate about it. So of course, anything you're passionate about, you know, it's like the very thing you're going to draw to you. So, and I, I'd like to say I did it by default because I didn't realize I was signing for up for all that. But, you know, I don't really believe in accidents. <laughs> I don't think it was a default. I think it was more like, oh, Ricky kind of chose me. And then yeah. I was like, wow, yeah, wow, this is incredible. I'm so happy. I, I would say do it now because I think it's just being something mm-hmm. like that. I don't think it's something you necessarily do. But yeah, now I'm doing trainings and I teach in uh, Kansas City and San Diego and some in New York. And it's been so fun to see it expand. And this is my hometown. Kansas City mm-hmm. is where you know I grew up the most from seventh grade on to college. And so 
it was so fun to bring that medicine, if you will, back to this area. And then just to see it grow and expand. And of course, there are moments I always say, like people give you like the dog look when you say certain words, like, you know, and you're like, oh, I do Reiki. <laughs> At first it was like, what, what is Reiki? You know, and then the more education that was on it, the more people really understood it innately. Like there was just some understanding that it's not something outside of you, that it's actually something that you innately have within you and being able to work that energy medicine, you know, unblocks the disease patterns that are maybe within you. And so that's been the empowering part for me is to see people have this light bulb moment like, oh, wow, how cool is that? And then to see change so quickly because we know this so much of it has to do with the emotional body, the aura, um, disease patterns start in the emotional body about three to five years before it ever hits the physical body. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing with holistic for me is preventative. Yes, we need Western medicine if you break your leg or, you know, I'm not going to go to an acupuncturist if all of a sudden my neck is broken. But I would say that as a preventative measure, that's where Reiki and energy medicine can be so handy. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. (laughs) We're going to have a good conversation. I feel a really good convo coming on. Yay. Uh, I, you know, we're going to, we're going to really dive into this Reiki stuff and, you know, we'll see where all the conversations can go wherever it wants to go. And, you know, who are we to, to try to, you know, <laughs> restrain it. Um, so Reiki, so last night I was doing, you know, like really, uh, I'm very deep into the, the functional medicine industry and, you know, people that aren't in, in the industry, you know, listeners and stuff, like they don't really get, you know, all the different avenues and everything. Um, you know, but what I love about kind of the broad umbrella that is the functional medicine industry is there's a place for everything that, you know, has evidence to show that it helps somebody heal. You know, that is it really, we could just say holistic medicine in general, and you see all sorts of different walks of life. You see, you know, medical doctors that are starting to turn functional. So, you know, oh, well, you don't have IBS, you have SIBO, but I'm still just going to throw antibiotics at it. But then you have, you know, everything in between more holistic lifestyle based, which is me, um, you know, but then there's a place for energy medicine or even like frequency specific microcurrent, anything that heals. And I think one of the, the most exciting things, I was just doing a webinar last night about this, is how the current state of the industry the line between energetic medicine and more, you know, functional medicine or whatever you really want to say, like that line is getting blurrier and blurrier because any like any experienced, like reputable functional medicine practitioner acknowledges and knows that the energetic side, the psycho-emotional, the spiritual side, however you want to kind of look at that whole field, absolutely necessary for healing and so i've always looked at you know i've said this thousand times but my stance has always been your health is like a yin yang right where you've got um one side is the you know psycho emotional spiritual uh and then the other side is the physiological biochemical genetic type side it's the it's the hard physiology versus the energetic intuitive side um but you can't have healing without both in my opinion However, I've, I've observed this more and more through my clinical experience that I truly feel that generally the biggest block from somebody to healing is more energetic and spiritual in nature, not so much they have parasites or heavy metals. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I do. So I think what you're doing is amazing. And I'll have to hook you up with several of my friends, uh, two of my really good local friends. I think one of them has met you, um, Katie and, and Ruby. They're both Reiki um, practitioners. And then my friend, Deborah Wayne, that was just doing a webinar last night. She's in California, I think. I'll have to get you connected, though, because I think yeah. I really like what you're doing. But anyways. I'm a dummy though. I don't really understand Reiki. You know, I followed you and others, um, you know, and Ruby's always throwing crystals at me. Uh, so I'd love to like, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get super flowery with our language, but how would you describe Reiki like Reiki for dummies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, you're not a dummy <laughs> I, at all. Um, I think that I think we're all kind of in that boat with so many things, and that's the fun part too. Is like to educate you know, and understand. Yeah. So I'll give like the basic as you ask, like maybe the one hundred and one is. Yeah. Reiki, Reiki is a Japanese term, and okay. it's it's basically two ideograms put together, so two Japanese symbols put together, Rei and Ki. And if you think about it broken down, we hear the term Qi all the time for Chinese medicine, or in yoga, we hear Indian uh, medicine, we hear Prana, right? Mm -hmm. So there's Qi a lot that we talk about, like Tai Chi, Mm -hmm. And then there's prana that you hear, which is the energy, denotes the energy that goes through the body when you're exercising um, yoga. Well, ki is just the Japanese term for that. So it's basically the same word, it, okay. the same energy, but a different word, right? Mm -hmm. So what reiki is, is it literally means universal life energy. That's all it is. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah, it's just universal life energy. So it is the idea is that it's all around us. It's all within us. It's con it's it's perfectly available to anyone at all times. And it's the energy that you feel. Let's say you are practicing Tai Chi. You know, they can start to like move the energy, if you will. You've seen Star Wars. I mean, this day is perfect because, you know, may the fourth be with you. It's literally oh. like perfect for today. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you know, it, it is it is basically that. It's using or being able to understand that that energy is always around us and within us. And if we know how to use that energy, if we know how to harness it, then it can flow through the body as it does innately within us. Like when you're born, you are full of that energy. You come straight sure. from this energy. You come straight from this energy thing we're talking about. And uh, you, we learn to shut it down over time. So as we go through traumas or we go through um, an issue, whether it's emotional, mental, or physically, it closes down the energy field as I refer to in the beginning as that aura and so when that starts closing down you can get what's called holes in the aura and when we start to get holes in the aura we get compromised in different parts of the body so what Reiki does is help to seal that energy back up so it starts to fill the holes back in with that universal energy that's always around you so it's being able to use that to utilize that and then once it starts flowing again then we get less of the pain that are in that physical area or pain in the heart from the emotions or less of the disturbances that happen in the mind so really it's just using and they do use Japanese symbols there are three symbols that are very active in Reiki and they're called, um, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna butcher this in Japanese because I'm not Japanese, but it's basically Shokurei, Seheki, and Honshaze Shonen. And they are Japanese symbols that are used to open the energy field to love, to acceptance, to non-judgment, and to allow the energy to flow through your body, just like a river would. And so, you know, Eastern philosophy is basically that they make it so simple, which I love. Like Chinese medicine makes everything so easy to remember for the most yeah. part. And Japanese is the same. I feel like Ayurvedic and Indian is also very similar. That they just say that all disease patterns have to do with stuck energy in the body, period. Mm -hmm. That's it. 
That's it. So if you can, if you can just think about less of where it is, although we can get into that, the more advanced you become in Reiki, you can start to see um, where it is in the body and help to help that client to release it. But really in general, from the first level, it's just self-healing. How do we remember how to give back to self? How do we remember how to let that river of energy flow through you again? So the first level when I'm teaching it is just about self. Like let's bring it back in. Let's allow ourselves to heal because you know, we can't help anyone else until this one's full. Mm -hmm. So the first one is like, let's help fill that space, those holes in the aura. Let's bring the energy field back in. So you feel abundant and clear with your energy field. And then what happens is integrity comes in. You start to feel like you want more of that energy because it's abundant. It feels good. It's love. I mean, really Reiki, if you break it down, it's just love. Love for self, love for others. Let's just be cliche, but really that's what it is. And mm -hmm. then the second level, we learn how to give energy or how to work on somebody else. And so it's helping to see the auric field, which we're all able to do. We just don't get trained in that. I really wish we were trained in this at like kindergarten, second and third grade. Like we'd be able to see through the, you know, the third eye and through different, yeah. different avenues, but we're kind of taught to shut that down. Unfortunately, God forbid we should be so empowered, but I feel like that's, that's kind of what Reiki brings back around. It's been around since the early 19 hundreds. It was coined by a man named Dr. Makao Usui. He was a Buddhist monk. And there's controversy on that. It's like some stories say he was Buddhist monk. Others say that he just was like dedicated to doing hands-on healing and understanding how to integrate that energy through the energy field. But regardless of what it is, it's kind of like every story has a different version. It's more just like, what's the, what's the basic message of that? And it's that he just wanted to allow all humans to learn how to heal themselves pretty fantastic because I think inherently we know how to do that. There's nobody, I say this all the time to my clients, I'm never going to heal you. Yeah. There is no food, no thing, no person that's going to heal you. You know how to heal your body more than anybody else, right? So it's being able to learn and trust that and then get the tools to be able to do that yourself. And that's what I love about Reiki is just the responsibility that you also take to curate your own health. It's beautiful and it feels good. So <laughs> why not? So that was like just the 101 of what Reiki is. This basically just means universal life energy and how to let that flow through your body. So any of those holes in the aura can start to seal up with that energy again. Mm. So you feel abundant and rich and excited and full of life. You know, that's, that's yeah. it. That's Reiki. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was, that was pretty intense. Um, Huh, where do I want to start? There's a lot of places there. I was thinking, you know, while you're describing, you know, the flow of energy through the body, uh, like a river, and, you know, the, the energy of the universe is around us all the time, and we are, can all, you know, tune into it, tap into it, tap into that, you know, higher vibration or, you know, whatever. Um, we can all harness it. And as you were describing it that way, I was kind of thinking about what you were describing is basically identical to correcting somebody's like biochemistry or, um, you know, their spinal alignment, like chiropractors or, you know, talking about, you know, chakras and chakra alignment and opening or, um, uh, shoot, there was another one too, but like with, you know, biochemistry, okay. You know, the, the whole idea is, you know, identify what is obstructing that the biochemical pathways, you know, because biochemical pathways on a chemical 
you know, chemistry nerdy level, but it really is just a, a river flowing of energy. Ultimately, you know, what's the Krebs cycle and the electron transport chain? It's, it's moving electrons around. It's moving energy around so that it can travel unrestricted. So essentially, you know, whether you're working on biochemistry or manipulating the spine or, oh, that was it, neurokinetic therapy. Um, good friend of mine, and actually I have several, they're neurokinetic therapy uh, practitioners, which, you know, is more soft tissue work, but it's, you know, identifying the root cause from a musculoskeletal perspective of, oh, you know, your little pinky toe muscle here is inhibited and that's causing your neck pain. And it's just like, ugh, like yeah. what? But what you're describing is the same on, on the energetic spectrum. And have you seen the movie Avatar with the Blue Aliens? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. It's a beautiful movie. It's, po <laughs> it's Pocahontas in space. How could you not like yeah, that? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but, you know, they're all at like the soul tree that's like glowing and full of light. And it's the soul tree and all their, you know, whatever it is. And they all have their hair with the weird little things. And they literally like plug in. And that was like a big part of the movie is they're studying. They take the samples from the tree roots and they're like, whoa, guys, we're these, you know, uh, spiritually, energetically closed off machine man, but these aliens, they, they're connected to the earth and the higher energy. And it's like exactly what you're yeah. describing. And I think, I think it's so true. And I think people are so energetically closed off. And, you know, you alluded to it a second ago, I think we should chase that rabbit hole a little bit of, you know, we're all energetic beings and this, this energy of the universe is around us all the time. We can tap into it anytime. And yet since birth, we're kind of programmed to like not go there or we, so I'd love to hear you speak to that a little bit. <laughs> Why do you think so many people are kind of closed off or, you know, they have so many holes in their biofield, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the reason I can believe that people are closed off is just because there is this perhaps too, um, you know, like I said earlier, esoteric or weird or, you know, it's like hippie talk to talk yeah. about things you can't see with your physical eyes. And we're literally right. talking about the energy field that you don't necessarily see with your physical eyes. And so, right. you know, proofs in the pudding, as they say, is like, you really have to see it. But I think if we, if we really boil it down to something that people can relate to, it's like talking about love. I mean, you don't see love necessarily, but you can mm -hmm. feel it. I mean, it's palpable. It, you can feel it so much that you're so in the moment when you're in it that everything around you disappears. And it is such a palpable, expansive experience that people can feel it all day long and we crave it all day long. We want it. And that's basically the same as Reiki, if you think about it. Yeah. It's just being able to tap into what you said, that universal energy that's there. And I think more and more, you know, neuro, um, we're talking about the neuro pathways and we're talking mm -hmm. about, um, why am I thinking? Um, uh, I'm missing the word of it right now, but basically people are more and more speaking about this. I know doctors I'm working with are, um, the oncologists, you know, at KU Med are now very open to Reiki because we have it at John Hopkins University and Harvard University, and they're doing mm -hmm. all of this work at Mayo Clinic for alternative practices. And it's safe touch. It's non-invasive. So mm -hmm. for me, it's like, okay, why wouldn't we use this? You know, like this, if it's yeah. going to bring safety and peace to the person's body, if nothing else, it won't harm them. So let's mm -hmm. use it. And so I 
think people are more and more opening, but I think for a while it was just so out of reach and we didn't talk about it. It's not in our medical community. It's not in our vernacular. We don't grow up talking about it. Energy is just strange. Mm. And, you know, so it, you know, it got into the category of just weird, I think. And, Mm. and like, and also, unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I think just the way it goes is sometimes people that are tapping into that can be ungrounded. I talk about that a lot in my classes. And that just denotes that like you're up in the clouds a bit, you know, you're talking about it from a perspective that maybe other people can't relate to. It's not relatable. So if, um, you know, you're, I, I lived in California for 12 years, right? So I'm very used to that vernacular of like, Oh, the energy is so interesting right now. Yeah. The planets yeah. are retrograde. We're, you know, we're going into a strange phase. I think I saw a unicorn across the street. You know, like yeah. this is, this is, I think, also very common in energy speak that all of a sudden it can really go a different direction. And yeah. people that are more practical and more pragmatic and they want proof, that really sounds strange to them. They can't relate to that. Like they're not mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, like you mentioned avatar and aliens. You know, you just mentioned the word aliens and people are going to close down because that. That feels very scary. Like, what mm-hmm. is that? We don't talk about that. That's strange. No, what does that mean to our planet? And so I think no matter what, people just have a fear around it if they don't understand it. Always comes back to that. If you don't understand it, it's not talked about, then it's just in this strange category. Like, oh, that's weird. What does that mean? And what are you going to see? People are afraid of that too. What are you going to see that I can't see? Mm-hmm. Are you going to read my mind? Because I can't do that. And so, no. I'm not mm-hmm. going to let you, I'm not going to let you in there, you know, mm-hmm. um, when really it's, it's the fact that we're all, we all have access to this. We're all incredibly intuitive beings. We can all see, believe it or not, through this third eye pineal gland connection, but we've been taught to close it down. Mm-hmm. So, and also if we're going to really go back, women in particular have been taught to close that down because, mm-hmm. you know, they've been burned at the stake and other times for knowing things, medicine women who were able to heal people overnight, all of a sudden were deemed crazy because how could they have that power and only God can do that and, you yeah. name it, you know, it all, it all has happened. And then just proof, proof wise, women have a more active amygdala than men do. Mm-hmm. And that's the part, and they need to, to be able to smell fear in case, you know, a prey where someone was going to come in and kill their children. So we're, our, our amygdala is overactive anyway. We're constantly looking at what could go wrong, what people are going to judge, how are they going to see me? You know, in the good sense, it's great because we can see if something's going to come in and kill our children. In the bad yeah. sense, we're overly concerned of what people are going to think. And men and women are both hyperintuitive. I just mm-hmm. think that it's been fostered more in the female community. But then, mm-hmm. then you get into that whole deal of what I just said. What do people think? Am I going to be burned at the stake for saying something that I shouldn't? How do I have this healing ability? And I don't know what it's happening. Because you know? <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are born with healing abilities, some more than others. They're just open to it more. Maybe they're born and they have um, that energy field is abundant. Mm-hmm. Or say that their mothers or grandmothers did more of that. So, of course, genetically, they're maybe more prone to that. And I think yeah. it can be scary when you don't know what to do with it. You know, you're like, what, what is this? Why are my hands warming up when somebody's sick? I mean, and that's what happens is a lot of times your hands will just start warming up, even if you don't have training in Reiki or any of that, um, mm-hmm. because there's an instinct to want to help other people. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to is, how do we help everybody? How do we all stay connected? And how do we just see this through the lens of love or a lens of it's helping? And if it doesn't serve you, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. You can just put it away and yeah. not do it. Like no one's forcing you to adopt this idea. 
And I think that's important for me. But to go to the second question you had, um, you said, why do you think we have these holes, right? The mm -hmm. holes in the aura or this disconnect? Because we're taught to disconnect from our higher self from the very beginning. Yep. When you're young, you're taught, I mean, let's think about it. When you're a baby, you know, all the people around you are like, you're so beautiful, you're amazing from like the minute you're born typically, you know? And so we're praising this child for being amazing and magnificent and so beautiful and you're the center of the universe. And then you grow older and suddenly you start getting this feedback loop of who do you think you are? And you better not stand out. And you also have siblings and don't wear that. And that's inappropriate to say, oh, and, 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 and. So then this trauma, starts occurring and when the traumas happen then your aura which is typically about 13 to 17 feet out from your body starts to actually compress to try to protect yourself and that's smart I mean that that's what we do as protection so instead of shining bright instead of glowing again instead of being connected to your higher self that's constantly feeding you how amazing you are by the way your higher self is constantly feeding you how amazing you are every day we start to listen to the monkey mind the mm -hmm. the words around us which is you're not good enough. What are you doing? You should hold back. Don't be so pompous. And so then these aura, the aura gets compromised and then we stop listening to that higher part of us, the part that is connected to source, the part that is connected to energy, the part that is connected to healing yourself, you know? And so we forget that part. And I think you might know this too, the amygdala is, the fearful part of the brain is used to seeing what could go wrong three times stronger than what could go right. So we already have that fighting against us. We already have that part that's like, yeah, well, you might be amazing, but let's think about all the three things the other things that could go really wrong here. So then we just forget that truth, the absolute truth with a capital T. We start listening to the little truth, which is like, oh, you could probably fail. And then the traumas start coming in and that creates the, the breakage in the auric field. Then we can get compromised in the body, compromised in the mind, and we definitely get compromised in the emotional body. Whew. And then it's like, yeah. And then it's like go time after that to try to be able to remember. And that's what it is. Remember, you know, yeah. who you are. Just remember who you are. Like Bring those pieces back. Yeah. 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 So there you have it. I hope that answered that question. Those questions. It's just, it's bringing back the pieces that it, like, I say that to people all the time. It's like, it's not about finding yourself. It's about like peeling down the layers to who you are. You know, yeah. it's like remembering who you are because you were already born with all that. You have everything you need. Yeah. It's not, you're not getting it from anything outside of you. It's yeah. remembering that you have that innately within you, like a beautiful flame inside mm -hmm. and that everything that's around you are just these stories that you've created that might separate you from that truth. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of exciting. It's already here. It's already yeah. within you, you know? So yeah. that's fun. That's empowering for me. Totally. That was all uh, beautifully, you know, articulated and said, and, you know, I couldn't agree more. Um, it, it is that process of domestication that starts at birth. And as you're saying, you know, like, obviously, everybody's looking outwards for, you know, something to, to fill that, that, that void in their soul. Um, you know, because they are getting out of alignment with the, the truth and the source and their higher self. And so that's kind of the thing. So like the Toltec wisdom books talk a lot about, you know, the, the dream of the planet and kind of the, the smoke that society emits. And, you know, you can't see through all the smoke. And it's like, it's always been there. You've always been there. It's that process of unlearning and kind of deprogramming that faulty belief system that was kind of 
you know, instilled into you since birth, but then people also don't think about really kind of that genetic component. I really liked how you touched on that of like an energetic genetic level um, in, in how some of us are going to be a little bit more in tune. So it's just super fascinating. Uh, and I think that's where like, we're, we're almost conversing in like different realms right now, several different planes. Cause I think like our ego um, I, I have sort of almost my own little weird working theory of like what the ego kind of is. Cause I always like to look at just making observations about stuff and then try to think why, why would this mechanism or characteristic, whatever you want to call it, why would this be here? Why would that make sense from like an evolutionary perspective? And so you're kind of, you know, touching on that with like, oh yeah, the amygdala, which is, you know, three times more kind of like worst case scenario than best. And so it's like our primordial biology slash ego kind of working against us and disconnecting us. Yes, I agree. I, I fully agree with that. Well, and I think on another note, I think the beautiful part of humans that have the skepticism can actually be very useful too. Because if you think about the auric field, it's there to protect you. I mean, it's there to protect totally. you from invaders or as we refer to sometimes attachments, which can be ghost attachments. Those are a real thing. They happen. Or even negative attachments from people, you know, so that aura is there to protect you. And I think that level of skepticism is healthy to some respect too so i never put anyone down for being skeptical about it i think it's more like oh that's good that's healthy that you're looking at that and i think the beautiful thing about reiki i think the reason we like it because there are different so many different energy modalities across the world there's not just the reason I like it is the energy of it is contained in what we call sigils, which are symbols. And those symbols have been used for so long that anyone that sees them connects to what I call the iCloud of Reiki. You know, it's like, if I can use that, it's like people understand what that is when they see it. And it's used primarily always for protection and love. So it's nice because it is contained. It helps to protect you on top of it. And so you're not going to be opening yourself or being susceptible to things that attaching to you because I think people do think like, Ooh, this is so weird. This is a whole different dimension. What if I jump into this and then all these weird things happen to me? Like I'm out of control and these ghosts attached to me and Oh my gosh, why is she burning sage and what's happening here? You know? And I think it's, I think it's, um, so there's a certain level of healthful thinking in that too, is that people just want to understand it. And it's hard sometimes to understand it because there's not always these words to describe what it is until you're feeling it. But Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I teach Reiki is because it has been used for so many years mm-hmm. and it, we have proof if you will behind it it's been turned into healing touch for nurses in the hospital they just patented it with a different name mm-hmm. but basically it's the same thing it's the same energy and so for me that gives some people some you know a little bit of <laughs> some calm or some you know some reassurance but at the same time I think it, we owe it to ourselves, especially in this day and age, because we're moving from 3D, right? To mention we're on the 3D right here to 5D really quickly. Mm-hmm. For anyone that doesn't know what that means, that means 5D, fifth dimension is unconditional love. 
Yeah. And so this planet has to move there and we have to get there quickly, if you will. So there's a lot of this emergence of this new energy coming in because people know they're tired of the old system. The mm -hmm. old system worked for a while and it's great, but it's not getting us to the next level. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, we're starting to see all these new energy practitioners and functional medicine. And even like you said, doctors that are converting over to more Eastern or more of a of quantum view versus mm -hmm this linear view because the need is there. We all feel it. There's a calling to that. It's like, Hey guys, we're done with the hate story. We're done yeah. with the fear story. We're, we need to move up to this thing called love that we've been talking about for a long time. And right. then also comes with that, the trust that you have everything you need. So just in case you are afraid of something coming in to affect you, you don't need to be because you're in control of your energy at the end of the day. Nothing can really come in there unless you're inviting it. So I think like, you know, and I don't want to bring religion into it too much, but I mean, that's also part of it at times is like there's been a fear of it's either this or it's that, you know, yeah. you're either doing this or you're a sinner, you know, you're, you're going to go, <laughs> you're going to study here or you're going to be going to hell, you know? And I think there's, yeah. there's that fear. We're all like walking in between these worlds of like, which one? And I don't know. And does Reiki belong in a religion? By the way, it's non-religious. You can choose to believe anything you like. It's just universal life energy. So I think that's the education piece for me too, especially in the Midwest here. You know, let's be honest, we're in the Bible Belt. I appreciate it. It's fine. But yeah. it, people get locked into this story of, oh my gosh, what if this is against God? You know, what if this is like selling your soul to the devil? I even had that in a class once. You know, <laughs> I'm used to teaching in California where I don't get any of those questions. And I came to Kansas City and I was like, what? I mean, I was so stumped by it. I was like, oh, wow, this is where I really get to learn something huge here because I didn't even know how to answer it. You know, I was like, what yeah. do you mean opening yourself to the devil? Like, why would you ever open yourself to the devil? This is just yeah. universal life love. <laughs> so, and that wasn't to judge the student. It, that's very common of sure. feeling or thought if you don't know what it is. And I think religion does teach that, you know, if it's not this, then it could be that. Be careful. And again, mm -hmm. there's, there are reasons for all of that, I think, based on past, but we're moving into a new story. And I think that's the whole mm -hmm. point is like, let's maybe adopt a new thing. Cause guess what guys, the old one's not really working anymore. It's just not. So we have to be brave enough, I think, to mm. try new things, to, to um, allow ourselves the bravery to step into a new world that maybe we're not familiar with, you know, in order mm. to open those pieces within our hearts too. So yeah, and it's a stretch, but it's good. It's been good. And I think people feel it like beyond here. We're used to our society, our culture, as everything has to come to the brain and make sense. And yes, the brain is needed. I mean, our own school system definitely fosters that it's all in your head. It's all in your mm -hmm. brain. You need to know things in order to survive in this world. But we're all emotionally constipated. I say yeah. that all the time, like insanely emotionally constipated. Like no one even knows what their heart says. When I say to them, you know, I teach intuitive eating a lot. I'm like, well, what does your heart say for you to eat? They're like, I have no idea. I don't even know what my heart says, period. <laughs> because yeah. we don't know. We're not trained yeah. to go there, which is why heart disease is at like all time high. Mm -hmm. Why cancer, it's either cancer superseded heart disease, I think at this point. And cancer we know is, is completely related to emotional disturbances. It's all emotionally based. I mean, like, I think someone just did a, um, a doctor, an oncologist did a, a research on it. it's like 92% based in your emotional body. That was a, that was an oncologist and 92%. I mean, I don't know where he got that, but that's massive. Yeah. If that says anything to you, right? 
So stuck energy would mean that that stuck energy, this is what's brilliant about cancer is that stuck energy is going to go into one area of the body or multiple. And guess what? Your body's so smart. It's showing you exactly where it is, mm -hmm. showing you exactly where the stuck point is. It's right here, right? On your breast. Let's look at breast tissue. I work with cancer a lot weekly. Okay. Well, your body just screamed to you where that emotional blockage is. So then you can go and take Chinese medicine principles and understand what emotion is in that area. That's what's genius. Like Chinese medicine gives you a map. Like, mm -hmm. hey, did you know that anger lives in your liver? Did you know that frustration lives in your gallbladder? Did you know that lack of nurturing lives in your pancreas? Did you know that your breast tissue has to do with usually a betrayal and heartbreak because it's right next to your heart? I mean, these this is brilliant, right? And so if you can know what like the umbrella uh, motion is, then you can attack it so much better. You can be like, oh, that's what that is. And my mm -hmm. body is so smart. It's now showing me. It's right. right there. It's right there. So then now, now we have something to work with. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, everything you're saying is so spot on and perfect and, you know, touching on so many parts of, um, you know, because evolution is, is still going on right now, you know, and I think, uh, like, I don't know if you're familiar with David Goggins, uh, you know, Navy SEAL dude. That, okay. Yeah. So, you know, Goggins, um, his, his whole thing is kind of how, like, reality, uh, life as we know it, is a total psychological mindfuck. And it's, mm -hmm. it's psychological warfare that none of us are prepared for coming into this world. Okay, yeah. well, so then we get domesticated and programmed, uh, you know, through society and, and all of that of, you know, here's the story. Here's the narrative. Here's what it means to be human. Here's what it means to be on this planet. And then you kind of start thinking about it and sort of deconstructing that narrative that's been programmed into you and starting to go, you know what? Uh, like we've, our species has been evolving for a long time. And if you look at how much life has changed for the human species in such a short period of time. I always like to think about this because I think it speaks to the, the point we're, you know, alluding to where like, okay, pyramids. And then at some point, like 1820s. So like 1820s, I think of, you know, the Brits are coming. I don't know if I'm even close, you know, and then <laughs> standing in line with a single shot rifle musket thing. Okay. 1920s. 1920s was Great Depression. Like, kind of picture what life was like back, like back then. And then 2020, which is, you know, like tomorrow, basically. You know, this, these things that can completely control our, our life and our world and our psyche, and we're so uh, energetically stuck to these things. I mean, I got my first flip phone at the age of 15, you know, with T9 texting. So anyways, I think our society has just grotesquely changed. And I think, you know, like Reiki and everything that you're saying, and I'm a firm believer, it's guiding us back to the source and the truth that's always been there. And I think our species used to know, like there's a reason why we have all of these thousand-year-old traditions and beliefs and practices with healing. Yes. And who are we to be so egotistical as a species to think we're so smart that we can just, you know, let's produce all these synthetic drugs because we know every, you know, I was at an awesome functional medicine conference this past weekend 
And, you know, Dr. Walsh is such an expert, but that was kind of one of the big things. He's like, guys, we just discovered a new quadricep muscle. Like, how long have we been dissecting and studying anatomy? And you're telling me we just discovered a new quadricep, like a quinticep muscle? So how well do you think we really have control and we're, we've got like the microbiome locked down or genetics? The point being, we think we're so smart. And <laughs> in that narrative that we spin through our own ego, we've completely lost touch with, with this higher self, this higher energy that's always been there. And so I think what you're saying, it, it makes total sense. And like, uh, what you're saying about cancer and the roadmap that Chinese medicine provides, people need to be, you know, more open to it because we're starting to see so much more clinical anecdotal evidence as well as objective scientific uh, research that's supporting these things. And as you said earlier of, oh, if it's an energy that I can't see or I can't sense with what society tells me are my only five senses. Mm. And it's like, hmm, if I can't taste it or smell it, it, you know, it's not real. And it's like, okay, well, but wait a second, plot twist, contradiction, there's a microwave right there. (laughs) I can't see see microwaves, but I'm taught that, you know, on the, you know, the energetic spectrum, here's your gamma rays and your x-rays, microwaves. Well, I know that it has you know, an, uh, an impact on a substance at the cellular level. You know, I know if I put a piece of meat in, it's going to, you know, do whatever it does and kind of shake the particles and it generates heat. But then we're completely closed off to, oh, you know, right. cancer showing up as a point in your, no, that's, that's pseudoscience. Yeah, right. We have, um, I'm trying to think of like specific, I don't want to, because I, I am kind of hard science guy. I'm sort of a, you know, head in the clouds, feet on the ground is kind yeah. of my, my thought. Um, so I, I, I love to explore all the above, but then like, let's bring it back. Let's, let's go there and let's go up there, but then let's bring it back. And so like we have research that shows that talking kindly to plants helps them grow. We have research to show that breathing exercises change the cytokine production in your immune system to regulate you know, all sorts of immune uh, mechanisms uh, or, you know, Dr. Walsh was proposing all this awesome research along those, those lines. But the point being, we can't stay closed off anymore because the truth is revealing itself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a great way to put it. And here's the thing too, is like, I always go back to nature knows best, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think nature's pretty fucking smart. Yeah. I curse totally. on this. No, don't do that for me. You can certainly cuss all you want. So what I was going to say is, um, yeah, nature knows best. And the other thing that I think people forget is like, this is not just this new age thing that's coming out now. Like this isn't around for hundreds of thousands of years. We've been doing this forever. And I think ultimately for me personally, I trust something that's been around for a hundred years or more. Then something that's just going to be like, you know, a double blind placebo test on these drugs have happened for like 
two weeks <laughs> and suddenly it's like, oh, it's probably totally fine to take. And then it gets completely recalled. So for me, it's like, okay, well, at the end of the day, I'd rather do something that's non-invasive that I, you know, that I know has been around for at least a hundred years, if not longer. I know that there's, you know, research in it and the, in the fact that it feels good and people benefit and you can read about it anywhere you want now on Dr. Google, as I say, like just go on Google, you can see it. And then on, on beyond that, it's been something that is innate in us. Like I said, like we're drawn to the plants. We're drawn to nature. We're drawn to, I mean, even I think about this when you're a kid and you hurt yourself, the first thing you're going to do is put your hand there. Like your, your body knows how to heal itself. It's like their instinct to want to go to the air. If you have a headache, your hands instantly go here. I mean, that's Reiki. Like your body knows, hey, go and put your hands here. And it's probably going to send a signal to that part of the body to heal itself. I mean, it's not accidental that we do that. It, we put our hands literally on the areas that we need to heal. And so much like you, I like to have my, my I probably have more heads in the clouds than you do, but I, I do like to ground it down. And the other thing, like I said, is why are we so obsessed with having proof? Yeah. Why are we so obsessed with having proof here? What about the proof and how you feel? I mean, there is such a proof in that. And like you said, the microwave thing, that was a perfect analogy because you're right. Like, <laughs> we just like, well, that works because our cup of coffee is uh, hot. We pull it out of that thing. We have no idea how it works. We just know it works. And but the same thing with babies. I don't think people know how people really get pregnant. There's just this like weird thing and dynamic and suddenly there's this magical being that appears, you know? Like, I don't think anyone really knows how that happens either, proof-wise. I mean, you could. You could be like, well, this plus this equals this. But ultimately, the magic of it, that you create this new being, is pretty mystical. It's pretty fantastic. I say to my students all the time, there's no accents that we're all drawn to these Marvel movies and X-Men and the Harry Potters and the Star Wars. I mean, these have been around now and they're getting... I can tell they're getting more uh, out there because people know that it's not that false, that it's not just a made up story. We do have access to the brain. We've never been taught that we have. People have superpowers, believe it or not. We have the ability to heal ourselves. We have the ability to help other people through more avenues than we even can like understand in our brain. And that's why I don't think it's accidental that these movies come out and that we see them, you know, like the movie, The Matrix, and we see the Avatar and like, that's not necessarily even a movie. I think they're documentaries. <laughs> I think they're just like, Hey, this is more of a documentary, just letting you know, but it's going through the entertainment system so that we can believe it's fictional. But I firmly believe I see that stuff happen all the time. I see, I've heard recently that the energy body, our energy cells can now heal themselves in 13 earth seconds. Did you know that about six or seven years ago, the proof on that was nine months, then it went down to like eight weeks and then it went down to like seconds. And we're now in a 13 second window that if you really had all of your bodies in the same room, for example, your physical, mental, emotional, causal, astral, ethereal bodies, all the bodies in one that create health for you, homeostasis, that you can help, you can heal your cells in 13 earth seconds. That's like unbelievable to me. So we have the ability to do it. The key is to get all your bodies in the same room, which none of us know how to do. I always joke like one's at the coffee shop, one's at the park, one's at home, one's at the office. 
And we don't know how to put all of our bodies together in one room anymore. So that's why meditation works so well. That's why exercising works well. It's a grounding force for that. That's why eating well helps the vibration of bringing all that into health and homeostasis. That's why visualization works. But we're in the Adderall age, have you noticed? Where like there's so many distractions. I feel like in sometimes, not to get controversial, but on purpose to take us out of our center. Because if you really get into your center, you can make a lot happen. We're, we are incredible manifestors of change. So I think sometimes too, being distracted has become a thing where we don't even, it's so weird that we sabotage ourselves, right? Like we even sabotage ourselves from our own healing abilities. Like, why do we do that? So yeah, that was a lot there. But I think basically it's kind of fun to know empowering wise that you can heal yourself in seconds of of pretty much anything, (laughs) but you have to know how to do that, how to have those tools to bring it all together, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And that's where, you know, the, the functional medicine space, um, and that whole real, really umbrella, you know, it is uh, that, that holistic health industry that's sort of leading this charge. And, you know, you kind of spoke to it earlier, like we're all sort of, we're tired of everything that feels fake. Uh, we're tired of the old story. We're we're ready for that next that you know next evolution of the human species, and in a lot of ways, it's getting back to roots. And so, certainly, like with functional medicine, like you know, this shirt that I'm wearing is the the shirt that inspired my logo up there for obvious reasons. Um, but the the deeper that we dig into hard science and we try to quantify and justify. I mean, believe me, I, I mean, I, I, I read clinical textbooks for fun. That's just what I do. But the, the deeper and deeper that I go into the science, it just always points back to nature in a more natural way. However, you know, nature obviously comes from, you know, there's obviously its own unique challenges. Um, and obviously, uh, we can talk all day about that of, um, you know, we live in this sort of artificial society now and, and the body is so adaptive. Uh, there's the body and the soul, you know, the, the meat suit versus the higher divine self. Um, but the body is very adaptable. You know, specific adaptation imposed to man is the first thing every personal trainer learns, but they only think about it from exercise and they don't think about it from just life in general. But it's also not just like, oh, our, our body is good at, at adapting in these more minuscule ways right now. But no, it's also a generational evolutionary thing, too. We, we adapt to the environment and the stimuli. And so <laughs> that's the thing. Like, for example, environmental toxicants. Our, our environment has never been so toxic. We've really messed it up with, you know, there's like 86,000, you know, different synthetic chemicals approved for you know manufacturing and we don't know how those affect our health but the world health organization is starting to look into oh there's a huge amount of data that suggests that um this this prevalent toxicity of these synthetic chemicals is greatly contributing to the rise in cancer and you know but with the the spiritual side of it and the energetic side uh, gosh, I'm a little ADD OCD until, in case you can tell, um, but, <laughs> but you're so funny with the, so the, the energy though, 
I guess what I'm kind of getting at is we're at this cool point in our species existence where it's like we have to kind of, and that's history, like we have to look back, like where did we come from? And not just on paper, not in just a worldly way, but like the human experience on an energetic plane and looking at where we came from and like, oh, you know, we've been doing these different modalities, you know, for thousands of years, but well, gosh, if we don't have, you know, some scientific literature on it, like there's nothing to it. Yeah. Like, oh, how could we be so closed mm-hmm. off? Because really, if you look at it as an opportunity of like, oh, wow. Well, now that we're harnessing that, because our knowledge and technology has never been better. So if we could realign our more developed technology and skills and and brain span and whatever, if we can realign that with those old truths, you know, and the the source and the higher energy, where could we go from here, you know? Mm -hmm. Fully agree with you. Fully agree wholeheartedly on that. I think it's important for us to step out of the norm a little bit and Mm -hmm. just to go back back to the old ways too. I mean, traditionally, and, and it's fun, like just to kind of add the traditional route with the new route, <laughs> like yeah, let's put them together and let's have yeah. fun and let's enjoy. Maybe let's let medicine be something enjoyable. That's what I keep thinking is like, yeah. aren't we kind of done with the suffering paradigm? Like, aren't we finished with that yet? Do we have to like suffer? Like screw that. I'm done with the suffering. Like let's move on to the next level of actually evolving and learning and healing through joy through evolution, through learning, you know, through bliss. I'd like, I'd really like that. And that's not to say that you always have to go through bliss to get your lessons. I've gone through some very dark times and gotten some great things. But I think for me, it's like, do I want to continue down that route? Do I want to continue suffering to get my answers? Do I want to hate going to the doctor to get stuff? And like, the thing is, I don't. I, if I want to go to a Western doctor, I'm going to enjoy doing that. Or I'm going to find a functional doctor. Or I'm going to find, uh, you know, somebody that's more holistically based. And I want to have that right and I want to have that opening to be able to do that. And I want to try this if this, you know, if this doesn't working, I want to try that. And for me, that's just been, thank God, my mom really fostered that in us since I was a kid. So I'm really grateful I had that. And I know that's not always everybody's experience. I definitely had a mom that was like, you know, try it out and let me know how it is, you know? I, I, so I've always been the one asking questions. I was always the one like raising my hand, even if I was an introvert, which I kind of am like, well, what about this? This doesn't make sense. I want to know more, you know, because my mom lovingly like, I really allowed us to do that. So I was the girl that got kicked out of vacation Bible school, like true story. Cause I was like, I don't understand why God can't be our friend. You know, <laughs> so, and that's a true story. I got kicked. I got, had to go home uh, because I mean, it's like, you don't question. You don't question authority. And I don't think that that's, um, I don't think that's fair either. I think that every, that's why I said I, I love when people are a bit skeptical and they ask questions because I may not have all the answers for them that they want, but I am very open and willing to answer the ones I do know and then help them to find where those answers are because I'm just as curious as that person. You know, like I want to know why, but I also want to feel it. I don't have to know it here. I know for me that, no one can tell me how good Shavasana feels at the end of yoga. I just have to be in it and it feels good. Like no one can tell me that. I have to experience that. I have to know the bliss from that. I have to know what Reiki feels like. So I'm going to put myself in those shoes and experience it so they can come up with the best words. But then again, every person has a different experience and every time is different. So how are you going to be like, well, this is what you're going to feel today. Every single day, this is how it's going to be. But I think that change comes from 
that I, I think real change comes from changing your mind. I think real change comes from that and being able to open your mind and say, I want to do something different today. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And then being, a, being open to the possibilities of it being better than you imagined, right. better than you imagined. And for me, that's been really fun just to see the healing in me. I mean, I got into Reiki because I had panic attacks for six years straight, six years. And they were horrible. They were grueling. They were awful. And I tried all the things or so I thought, you know, and then what it really came down to is I needed a dabbling of different things. I needed like the buffet. I needed a little bit of this and I needed a little bit of herbs. I need a little bit of um, ocean life. And I needed to, you know, go in and listen to my higher self. I needed to meditate. Like there was, it wasn't just one panacea. It was like, oh, there's kind of like a little bit of things that can work for you. And then it was literally like overnight <laughs> that all the panic attacks went away. So for me, that is enough for me to have a passion for that work for other people. It's like, let's listen to what your truth is saying. Not my truth for you, not mine for you, but what's yours. Let's listen to yours. And I, I send a lot of the work I do is having people listen to what theirs is to really dive deep into that. And nobody wants to, to be honest, because they're afraid of what they're going to hear. <laughs> We're afraid of it. We're afraid of that truth. Isn't that interesting? The very thing that sets you free, the very thing that brings you health. We're so afraid of the other demons around that truth. That's protecting that truth, right? It's like, we're afraid of the demons. that are going to tell you you're awful before we tell you how amazing you are. Right. Yeah. So that's what it is. I think people are just so afraid. It's like, <gasps> I don't want to know what's in there. <laughs> it's so much better than we think. Yeah, I mean, we, we really do have to, to look inwards and, and tap into that intuition. Um, and I like how you described that. Uh, I've never thought of it that way, but I would say the same of like, you know, everybody these days, like generation, you know, living my best life. And I always like to make fun of that, living my best life. And, <laughs> and, you know, look at me on the beach and all that. Um, but, you know, definitely I think, okay, to pursue your best life, um, you have to practice unconditional love uh, with every decision you make every day. So kind of like one of my life rules or life mantras or whatever is, you know, if it doesn't nourish your mind, body, and soul, forget it. Uh, or use more colorful language, which I'm known to do. Um, but, <laughs> you know, either way, it, you have to, like, I mean, you don't want to be neurotic about it, but like you can literally challenge yourself of like, okay, every decision that I make in a day, am I practicing like true self-love, you know, which is doing what's going to serve you, doing what nourishes your mind, body, or soul, um, you know, and I think when we really do get in alignment, we can better serve the world and, and, and serve others. And so I like how you said that, like, oh, I need a little bit of ocean. I need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah, you kind of have to, like, experiment with your lifestyle because you have to, you know, look inwards and kind of recognize what's going on and then go, like, oh, like, what am I lacking here and here? And I need a little this, a little that to really, um, you know, be my best self and be able to put my best, you know, foot forward. But I really liked how you described that. And, and I, I almost kind of see that as, like, the – the roadmap to your best life that we're all, you know, supposedly chasing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We just learn as we go, right? I was like, yeah. well, we're going to find out and maybe this year it's this and next year it's going to be something different. But for this, for this time period, it feels pretty good. 
I've definitely been working on just like you following whatever, whatever does feed all the bodies, right? Not just the physical, but what really feeds every bit of it. And then it's so easy to be in a state of happiness. It really is like, it may not all be perfect. You might, you have, it's not all going to be about happy, but there is a certain peace that comes in the center. Even if things are around you are like a tornado, you know, you have this really beautiful centerpiece that feels peaceful versus feeling so out of body and out of whack and, you know, hating yourself, <laughs> creating self-sabotage and all the things that we do otherwise. Well, I was just saying to, to Deborah last night on the webinar, um, how I, I feel that the majority of the suffering that most of us experience is really us resisting like what our higher self is like calling us mm -hmm. to do. You know, the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of been like, yeah, Brennan, that seems to work. It seems to compute in every situation you apply it to um, of like, you really uh, like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. I'm, I'm feeling a sense of suffering regarding something like, pull on that string a little bit, see what you find there. Why, why, you know, and then what I find is, oh, well, it's because I'm resisting what like my intuition or higher self is really telling me what's up. And once you just, you know, you alluded to it earlier as, you know, uh, uh, emotional constipation. So I've got my <laughs> the Penelope poop. That's amazing. My friends at uh, DSL labs, but, um, people are so emotionally constipated. So sometimes when I'm hanging out with somebody or trying to get to know somebody, I like to kind of tell them of like, you are so energetically pent up, like just let it flow, yeah. let it out, you know, just yeah. ugh, like stop yeah. trying to block the flow of energy and just let it flow organically. That's it. That's it. You're doing Reiki without even knowing it. You're asking uh, them to flow. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. You're already a Reiki practitioner. I'm basically <laughs> Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, that's perfectly said because I teach Pilates and we use resistance techniques, right? So we use like yeah. resistance, using your own body's resistance and then also using resistance bands, right? So for yeah. me, that's why the analogy is that's why it feels so good after you release the resistance, right? You're like resisting, 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 contracting, 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 the muscles working so hard. And then it's that release point that the magic happens. That's when the flow happens, when energy happens. And so it's just reminding us that whenever you're in pain, you're continuing to choose to resist. Like, just stop resisting. Like, just let yourself go with it. And a lot of times I'll have to use, I'll realize that I'm doing it. You know, I'll use a, man, a mantra that's like, okay, it uh, feels good to surrender. Feels good to let go. <laughs> and then I'll even say in the morning, you know, I ask for my higher self to, to um, you know, to train me today or to I ask myself to lead me today so that I'm, it's coming from that place versus my lower monkey mind that wants to dissect everything and, you know, make a heads or tails of it and destroy my happiness. So I'm like, but, okay, you're, you just do your thing. <laughs> so I hear myself like, I'm just going to let you, I'm going to let you do your thing. And a good visual if people want it is I always ask people to close their eyes. Even if you're not a visual person, this typically works for you is to close your eyes and then just think of the first color that comes to your mind 
and you imagine that color being your higher self. So a lot of people like a visual for that. And so then when you're breathing or you're having issues with that resistance, you can imagine that color kind of flowing through the top of your head all the way down like a river. And so then it creates that experience of it flowing down you just using a color and like that really ignites and gives permission for your higher self to, to run the show versus you, you know, trying to come from your emotionally constipated self. <laughs> like, no, because we resist all day long. What do they say? What you resist persists, right? So everything you resist persists, like almost every time. So you may as well just, it's so hard though. It's like when someone says, just relax. And you're like, if I knew how to relax, I'd be doing it. So most of us don't know how to do that. We don't know how to relax. We don't know how to stop the resistance. We're used to fighting. We're used to standing up for things. We want to, um, we want to almost create a resistance, I think. And so it is harder because then people think, well, I'm being lazy. I'm just letting people walk all over me. I'm, you know, like, I'm not going to let that happen. And it goes back to the saying, would you rather be happy or right? Every single time, I think 90% of people would rather be right than actually happy. I think, honestly, humans just want to be right. <laughs> we want to just be right. <laughs> we don't actually want to be happy. And I think for me, when I start to resist or I feel pain, I'll say that. I'd rather feel happy right now. And I don't need to be right about it. I don't need to be right about it. And that, that helps me a lot. I really like that. I don't know that I've ever made that connection or at least so specifically. I really like that, though. Um, cause I was, you know, something I was thinking as you're saying all that is the, all the self judgment that we do. And I think a lot of that judgment is, you know, we're judging ourselves based on societal expectations, you know, cause like we should, we should care. We are social beings. Uh, it's in our biology to care about what other people think of us, but you know, uh, it's like when the ego kind of takes control of the wheel and, uh, you know, high on the American dream and drunk on instant gratification, and we don't know which way is up. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think, oh gosh, like the judgment, I, what is, I think Bruce Lee said something, or I could be totally wrong, but somebody at one point said something to the effect of, you know, be the observer behind your, behind your thoughts, right? Like, uh, stop judging yourself so harshly for this or that. And again, that's where that, that, as you said, the 5D, the practicing unconditional love, well, it starts by loving ourselves unconditionally. How on earth could you love others unconditionally if you can't even love yourself unconditionally, which means, you know, you shouldn't pass that judgment which is really what is causing all the problems. Everything you're pointing out about, you know, the you know, problems, if we want to call them problems, or maybe healing opportunities is what I like to call those kind of things. You know, yeah. hashtag positive reframe. But yeah. it's, it's that, that judgment. So if we can let go of that judgment and, you know, so I'd love to, I mean, two things. One, I'd love to hear you talk more about the, the 5D, the five-dimensional, the unconditional love. And then I'm going to have to ask you several questions about like what a Reiki session actually looks like and crystals and all that. So there's more coming. <laughs> are, are you good on time though? I want to make sure I don't keep you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, well, first of all, going back to what you said, I 100% agree that we care so much about what people think and we feel judged and then that ends up creating that, the lack of unconditional love, right? It becomes very yeah. condemned 
Null. And so that's the 3D experience. And we've been experiencing that for mm, pretty much this whole time. Yeah. So here's what I want to say on that note. I say this a lot to students too, is that there is a reason we care about what people think because traditionally back in the day, we'd be kicked out of our tribe if we didn't do it like they did, right? So that equal death. And so it's not as just easy to say like, well, don't care what people think because there is a primordial memory that if you are kicked out of your tribe, you die. So there's such an inherent need to be approved of because if you didn't, there's still this memory of the amygdala, that monkey, that's like, you're going to die if people don't agree with what you're doing. Oh, so, you know, we have to, we have to evolve the other parts, like, you know, the, the frontal cortex, the prefrontal cortex, I think, or I don't know the actual part of the brain, but you know, the part of the brain that brings down the sympathetic nervous system that then helps the parasympathetic, which is the healing part, the, um, the calm part. Meditation does that. Reiki does that. Working out does that. Eating well, right? But what I think the new paradigm, this new 5D that you're referring to, the unconditional love is to say, okay, well, let's just say I am kicked out of my tribe. Let's just say I am like for whatever reason I'm kicked out instead of being like, I'm going to die in the desert and go like starving and no one's going to be with me. I'm going to create a new town. Like I'm going to create a new village and the new village is going to be inspiring because I like who I am and I like my idea and I'm the only one that really needs to sustain that and I'm going to create it and then other people in that old village or maybe other villages be like, whoa, what are you doing over there? This seems to work really well and it seems like there's a lot of peace in your village and it seems like there's a lot of love you're emitting and so I'm going to kind of come over to your village now and I think that's the new, that's the new um, paradigm we're moving into is like you got to be brave enough to step out of that old paradigm and say, okay, I appreciate that this is how we used to do it. But guess what, guys? There's actually a whole nother world over there that you haven't even seen. Like there is not just this barren desert. There's this whole little beautiful greenery spot over there that we can create a new village and that new village, that new dimension is unconditional love, not just for what we think, but for this planet. This isn't just a myopic view anymore. This is about something very global because the call, like I said in the beginning, is there that if we don't change the way we think, this planet won't survive. I mean, not to get too you know, uh, ominous here, but I think we all know it. It's like we're, we're getting tested all the time by the conditioning of our planet, like the you know, the hurricanes, the earthquakes, the tornadoes, all these things are basically a rumbling, if you will, of like, hey guys, are you going to get it? Because either you're going to stay in a high vibration of unconditional love, which by the way, that's just a higher vibration, or you're going to stay in the lower vibration, the 3D that we've been doing, which signifies sickness, yeah, um, hate, you know, bigotry, uh, dis the, the biggest lie we ever told ourselves is that we're separate beings. That's the biggest lie. It's the first lie we ever told ourselves is that we are separate, that we are individual separate beings. And although we are in these little human suits <laughs> that are separate, our spirit is the same. And I think it's like, that's what 5D is. It denotes this understanding that although we have an individual expression and creativity and a way of looking at things that inside us, that flame, if you will, is all the same we're all connected into it so the earth is basically like no judgment you have free will choice but if you choose to stay in a 3d dimensional thought process you may not survive here 
hence the sickness, hence the thoughts that are happening. And I honestly think in the last couple of years, it's been good because all the wounds are coming up. We're all healing the wounds, right? That have created this separation story. So it may seem really ominous right now, like the me too's and the, you know, all the aggression that's coming out is needed to be able to heal the wounds out. The problem is we're staying in it. I think the issue is we're staying in that. We have to transcend it. We have to get past it. We have to say, okay, we've now spoken our truth. Thank God it's all out there. Now we're making a difference and now we got to shift it. And people just are stuck in that victim story. And the victim is 3D. Victim is 3D. 5D is unconditional love. And, and hopefully at some point to not only see that we're not victims, that we create everything that happens to us because everything that's coming around us is a reflection of what we created. I know people don't want to admit that, but that's somewhat the truth. And then the second part is how do we transcend it even further to see the perfection of it so that we can actually go to the place of unconditional love finally, because we've been exhausting ourselves on pointing fingers and blame for far too long. So that's the 5D. (laughs) Yay, I hope we go there. (laughs) Yeah, that was amazing. I I couldn't agree more um, with all of that. I think you spoke to so many kind of key elements there, you know, and then the, the victim thing, oh my gosh, like that's something I tend to soapbox a lot about on social media is just this, this uh, getting stuck in victim mentality. And I always kind of think of it as like, you know, allowing yourself to drown in two feet of water, you know, it's like stand up. Um, but the, so, you know, Deborah, who I'll have to get you connected with, I mean, you're already, we're all energetically connected. That's one yes. thing that I just heard and totally agree with. Um, Cause right, you know, 3D, we have our meat suit, my meat suit is, you know, but it's like, we're all energetically connected. And so, like Deborah was calling it the biofield, which is a term that I haven't ever heard before until, you know, she said it. Um, and then you're really, you know, speaking to kind of the same thing, this, you know, the, the energy and connecting. But also what I brought up last night to her was it makes total sense. And that's where we have to look at. I think it's, again, you know, I think um, the, the spiritual pursuit of understanding, you know, the, the vehicle that we take to a sense of truth and enlightenment, you know, and then, but also looking at nature and, and studying biology, you know, I love, I love every science, but ultimately biology, the study of life, mm. which if all we think about is, oh, eukaryotic cells and, you know, uh, okay, well, eh, that's some black and white textbook stuff. If we're if biology is biology, the study of life, it has to include this stuff. It absolutely has to, because it is part of life. And, um, you know, the, the 5D, the unconditional love, uh, there was another, oh, biofilm. So my ADD ramble squirrel moment there was to get at microbiology. You know, we love studying the microbiome and the microbiome is such the hot thing. And, oh, gut health impacts psychological health like mind-blowing um but with like uh, bacteria and fungi you know all these different microorganism critters that live inside of us and on us and all over us well they create what's called a biofilm you know and this biofilm is this kind of gelatinous kind of slime material that acts as like a bug house and also a communication network you know you'll have um bacteria deep in your colon communicating with bacteria upwards in your intestines 
through the biofilm. And so it's like, we know that, like that is hard, irrefutable science. We know that. And then we don't think of kind of the same with us on like an energetic level. I have um, a, a friend of mine, Karan, who's a, a bomb microbiologist. Um, I'm going to have him on my, I think in a couple weeks, I'll have to like, bring some of this up with him because it's along the same same lines there but so i don't know 5d we all we all have to keep working there but that's where you know cultivating your love and light and radiating that you know and people that that's what you said i wanted to touch on the okay i'm gonna go like okay that's what you guys are doing i'm gonna go over here and kind of do this and then oh like what are you guys doing your your tribe is giving off that t-shirt that you're wearing that's what like it i love it and i think we all do we have to be brave to try something new uh and kind of go there but also the trick is you have to make sure that in your own pursuit of enlightenment or your own pursuit of 5d you know, it's more, I believe, it has to be an organic, like, lead by example, because otherwise it turns into domestication of, like, well, hey, what I'm doing is the better way. Come on, guys. And it's like, no, it has to be a cultivate your own light and love, and you become a, an energetic lighthouse for them to, yes. you know what I mean? So yes, 100% agree. It's nothing to prove. It's yeah. just it's just being authentically you, and then people are just drawn to that. It's not like I'm better than your village now. It's just this yeah. is what I'm doing, and it works, you know. And and then people are just gravitate toward it organically, right? It's, they just know that that's what vibrates well for them, that matches, and that's the I think that's the secret too is just really understanding that we're gravitating more toward those higher vibrational thoughts. Yeah. You know, that we're, we're gravitating more toward that because we need to, we know that we want to, and people are tired of feeling like a victim. I think, I hope so. <laughs> I really <Okay>. hope so. <laughs> I think so. I think we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. Yeah. You know, some people are a little bit, you see this so kind of transiently, honestly. I mean, mm. you start like when you start kind of recognizing some of these patterns in yourself, then you start seeing the patterns in others and, yeah. You know, it, but you know, who, who, it's not our place or who are we to, to pass judgment? Uh, that's not practicing unconditional love. So you just, you know, you love them where they're at and you kind of watch them. But then um, I think the best thing we can do is just creating, creating a safe space energetically and to allow their evolution to, to manifest, you know, naturally, organically. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we're all kind of missing now is not very many people have the ability to create a, a safe energetic space for others. And I think as we're talking, I mean, I started this conversation not knowing what Reiki is at all, but now I feel like, well, I mean, kind of isn't that what it is, is providing that energetic safe space for them to, you know, heal themselves. 100%. That's all it is. Yeah. It's being in a state of non-judgment. It's being in a state of that higher vibration, unconditional love, so that when they walk into the room, because we know this, that everything follows the alpha energy in the room. So yeah. if the alpha energy in the room is of unconditional love, and quite honestly, it would be, because it's the highest level of energy, that then that person that faces that practitioner has to match that frequency has to match that vibration. There's no other, it's just the law of the universe. So if somebody were to come to me and I would be afraid when they tell me their sickness, 
they're going to match my frequency of fear, right? And if I match their frequency of fear, we're not going anywhere, right? That's a low vibration. So what if instead they come to me and I'm holding nothing but unconditional love for wherever they are? I don't want to change it. I don't need to shift it. I don't have to fix them. I just have to sit and hold space, as we say a lot, for like, oh, okay, wow, I see you. And then in that, in that space, they match the frequency of non-judgment. So then they stop judging themselves. And then they get on the table to receive Reiki. They feel safe and contained in that trust. If they start to trust themselves, and then their body starts to heal themselves. It's really just that. So the practitioner's job is just to hold space for wherever that person is and to have a space of unconditional acceptance for where they are. And then that things start to shift and change that quickly. Yeah. It's really nice and freeing. <laughs> well, I mean, I can say right now, my, my professional life is like drinking from a fire hose every day right now, but <laughs> I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say it now on this podcast and 10 years from now, I'm sure I'll look back and be like, that was cool. Um, <laughs> when I, when I have the calmness in my life, which I need to manifest on my own, um, I wanted, I want to become a Reiki practitioner. So I'm going to be, oh, I love that. Gonna, yeah, we're going to do some Reiki. This is going to be cool. Oh, I'd be honored. So, um, before I let you move on with your holiday, I want to I want to talk a little bit because um, this has been such an epic convo. And I'm calling it now. We're going to have to hang out in person, grab some coffee or something. Hundred percent. Yes. Um, I know. Yeah. But so I'd like to talk a little bit about to kind of wrap up the show for the audience. So, what does a Reiki session look like? You know, I see crystals and burning sage and you know, hands on, hands off, like what is, what logistically does a Reiki session look like? Yeah. Whatever it feels like is for them to experience. That's right. That's right. What it looks like is different for every practitioner. So okay. if I'm honest, it's, it's different for everyone. Um, I have a lot of Native American background training. So I use that in my session just because that's something that organically I like. So yeah. traditionally, when you do Reiki, you don't necessarily have to use sage. I just like sage because it helps to clear the negative energy in the room. We know this. Sure. This has been, since, again, used for hundreds of thousands of years. And I've gotten that training yeah. when I was growing up. So for me, I like it because I'm big in the setting sacred space. So if somebody walks into the room and they already smell that, you know, our olfactory sense is the strongest sense we have, that sense of smell, they know when they're walking into the room, the conditioning of that, the space is clear. You know, so for me, I like to either use that or I use Palo Santo, which is another type of bark um, that just literally means bark of the saint. And it's used to basically clear a space of negative energy as well. And that could just be negative as, as just like the trash is in the corner. That can actually do it just that it can, that can work. Or it's what we say, taking out the emotional trash in the, in the room. So people walk in all the time with their own baggage, complaining, you know, pain, whatever. And so for me, it's important that I clear in between each client so that that energy is not felt that they feel the room is very clear when they walk in. So I use that, but you don't have to. This session can last anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half. It just depends on what you sign up for. You can also do long distance Reiki, which is to say you're there, I'm here. That's kind of fun. And you can just use the symbols to send the energy to the person and they feel that. So that's been really fun to do for, for students. They're like, oh my gosh, they can feel the energy in a totally different country. Yes, they can. Because remember, we're all connected by the same energy. So it's basically that. Uh, most of the sessions I do are on 
on the table. So somebody will lay down on the table. Reiki is done differently, like I said, for each person. So some people like to do Reiki with hands off the person. So there's a lot of energy that can be felt underneath the hand, from underneath the hand to the being that's laying down. So you just kind of, you, you use your intuition a lot. It's a lot of teaching intuition. And then for other people, like I tend to have my hand on the person uh, just because there's a certain level of comfort there. But it's like the, the pressure of a, like a dime. It's very light, very easy touch. Um, and we're going to different hand positions associated with the internal organs. Mm -hmm. So it is following, you know, a certain protocol. There was a second uh, man, we, we talk about Dr. Yusui coining the term. Well, he trained a medical doctor, a naval officer who was more medically based, um, Virgo, if you will, like life systems. And so he started going into hand positions because as a medical doctor, he's like, I can't just use my intuition. It doesn't work that way. I'm not just going to see where my hands take me. So he started to use hand positions in Reiki. And so we use both. So you can basically learn the intuitive side, or you can learn more of Hayashi, which is hand positions because he was a medically trained doctor, which is something else I really like is that the Eastern medicine really appreciates both that they like that they can not compete with each other, but actually bridge it together. So the hands can either be on the person above the person, but it can be felt even when the hands are not there. A lot of things that people experience are gurgling in the tummy or like buzzing on the body, heat going through the body, different temperature changes. Um, lots of breath work and size will be experienced because their own body is finally going into alpha state. When you're going into that alpha state, then your body is more primed for that vibrational shift. So it's really just the practitioner's job again to get out of the way, let that person do whatever is best for them. And it's that hour or an hour and a half where they get to go inward and listen to their higher self. It's pretty, it's like a meditation, but guided if you will, by somebody else. Usually the sessions are silent. The practitioner is not saying anything. Oops, I just clicked the mute. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're, you're good. Okay. Uh, uh, but I do, I do it differently. And like, I've been doing it since 2006. So it kind of just organically like changes over the years, you know? So for me now, I may talk to you while you're on the table. I'll kind of listen to the organs, your internal organs. I'll actually have a conversation, which I know sounds strange, but it works. And you can talk to the liver. You can talk to the pancreas. You can talk to the stomach and believe it or not, those organs will talk back to you. So I will have conversations with that, their higher self off conversations with, and then let's get really Really esoteric. I also talk to people's spirit guides. So this is where it gets really fun. And I would say, yeah, I would say that a majority, probably almost 100% come for that. So that's where we kick it up a notch. But tr traditionally, it's just silent, hands on or off. And then it's just holding space for that person to raise their own vibration and heal. That's it. And it's, it feels good. It's just relaxing. <laughs> well, and again, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier about we have hard science that shows, uh, you know, speaking kindly to plants helps them grow. Anybody, like, I'm really proud of my, my plant children. Um, yeah. It's gotten to a point that, like, at first I was like, Brennan, you're a pretty fucking weird man. Uh, you know, like, yeah. petting the plants and talking to them. But then, you know, in the past, like, two years, I've really gotten over that. I'm just like, nah, man, this is dope as AF, right? Heck and yes. so like, uh, I'm like petting. I got this money tree and my aloe and this new succulent that's all cool. I'm just like kind of petting them <laughs> and talking to them. And I have seen these things just absolutely 
flourish. Of course. And, you know, I've had people like, oh, I've got a little bit of a green thumb. And I'm just like, it's because I'm connected to that. You know, I give them life. They give me life. But anyways, my point being. Yeah. If talk, there's literally a meme floating around cyberspace that says this, but if, if talking to plants kindly helps them grow, imagine what talking kindly to people can do, or more specifically, which is my long-winded point, is speaking to the organs energetically, yeah. liver, you know, and put, putting your energetic hand on, you know, on your liver, uh, like Mr. Liver, how, how are you, my friend? You know, like, how can I honor you? How can I, you know what I mean? So, I um, you know, <laughs> is, is it out there and woo-woo for some people? Sure. But honestly, I feel like it, it's only out there if you haven't dove down the rabbit holes of science because the science leads you to this, hands down. Heck yeah, it does. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Most of us don't even know where our internal organs are. I joke about this all the time, that we know more about our cars than we do our own system. I didn't know that my stomach was on my left side and my liver is over here on the right. Like, I didn't know that forever. I was just putting my hand in general on the tummy, you know, right. like, well, that's where it is. So like learning where these, these organs are just also tells me how little emphasis we put on that in our culture. We don't even know what's happening inside of our body. Yeah. So then let alone talking to the internal organs like that's got to be weird but you mentioned the point of talking to your plants I understand wholeheartedly I talk to my plants I'm the one that hugs trees I'm that girl but I mean if you think about some cultures they don't even believe that animals should be pets right like so if you go to some cultures they think that dogs should never be pets by the way that you should just eat them that's a, that's an actual thing in some cultures so why would we over here pet our animals and bring them in and domesticate them well we see immediately the response that we get when we like are loving to our animals. It's the very same concept of plant to plants. I think it's like, are they just supposed to be eaten and destroyed? Right. Like, is that like their only role? <laughs> you know, maybe it's that they also have life to them. I don't know. They're everywhere. They're vibrant. They move. So for me, it, it just makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's like, we're, we're really bullies to a lot of live things. We're bullies to them. Like we ignore them. Totally. Yeah, and then we wonder why they kick our ass, you know? <laughs> or like, I'm not going to give you any nutrients today. You clearly have no respect for me. <laughs> so it's just, it's sad. I think we need to change that. The way you put that was amazing. And, and when you, you put it that way, it's kind of irrefutable. It's like, to look at it any other way makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. No sense. And we're total bullies. And we we'll save that soapbox for another day, but like our species is pretty parasitic to the planet in case nobody's looked yes. around lately, but damn, well, gosh, I don't, we could, we could talk for hours and hours. Couldn't we? <laughs> we so, could. I want to let you move on with your day, but I, this is probably going to be the most long winded kind of wrap up ever. But I think this conversation has, I mean, the first conversation we've ever had, you know, surprise everybody. Like, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yes. Pretty thank cool. you. So grateful. Yeah. Very grateful. Thank you. Well, and I, you know, obviously the hope, um, that's exactly why, uh, I wanted to bring you on the podcast is like, why be selfish and, and do this just for myself? You know what I mean? Like why share this energy with you for the past hour and 40 minutes, um, and keep that, experience to myself so I, I my hope 
is, you know, this reaches people, it resonates with them, um, you know, and it does guide them to, to their best life and, and being able to tap into more, you know, that's, that's the whole point on my end. But. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. I think it's really impactful. I think it's helping people reach that 5D. Um, mm-hmm. For that, I appreciate you so much. Well, thank, thank you. you very much. I mean, I, you know, I'm just trying to do my thing, and I always kind of describe it as like if if I see this energy that's kind of flowing in this energy, like if if you have the ability to not control the energy, but to maybe just kind of like guide it in the direction it obviously is kind of needing to flow. It's just it's kind of being a facilitator, that energy yes. sort of, what? you know what I mean? So you yes. Just gotta... yes, that's what it is. That's the magic. Yeah. Surrender, that's, that's resistance, yeah. guide. <laughs> so when I'm ready for, you know, I think you need to be my spirit guide or something. I, I could use that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Once I get to the point I, I have the calmness in my life to, to learn some Reiki, I'll be... I'll be hitting you up. Um, so where can people learn more about you? I want to make sure they can they can find you. I'll be sure to post it all over. Oh, thanks for that. It's so christymarshwellness.com, and that's just C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-M-A-R-S-H, and then wellness.com. Uh, and most of my information is all on that. You can also find me, christy.marsh.wellness, uh, on Instagram. So they're, they're both on there. And that, I should have all the information on either one of those sites for any classes or uh, stories or intel that you might need and then my contacts also on there so you can reach out to me if you like through email or phone Absolutely. hope to be open to anyone that's interested yeah love yeah. passing on good information oh absolutely that's what it's all about so you know make sure um kind of share your links and stuff because i think i think this work is so valuable and you know one of my little like i don't know taglines uh i like to say i'm just boy from Kansas out saved the world from chronic disease. It's yeah. like, that's, that, that's my cute little tagline. It's really more than that. Like it's not just chronic disease. It's, you know, it really is kind of doing my part for everything that we're talking about and kind of that bigger thing. And, you know, I, I think, um, I think what the work that you're doing and all, all of us holistic health professionals, we need so much more of it and people, uh, people want it, they need it. Um, the awareness for it is is raising greatly. So again, it's you know if we can all just radiate our, our light and our truth, and um, you know allow people to to find what whatever it is they need, you know, and then that's how we raise the collective consciousness. So, right, I agree, fully agree cool. with that. Cool. Board. <laughs> well, I'll let you go about the rest of your Fourth of July, but. Truly an honor. Thank you so much. I'd say it was a pretty great first conversation. We'll probably yeah. have to do it again another time. Yeah, let's do 55,000 more. I love yeah, it. Totally. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be in touch. Happy 4th to you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.